You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, McFarland, McFarland Energy, thanks so much for sponsoring the Bradfoe Show. There's nobody I'd rather have on right now than the newest member of the Boston Red Sox, the person who is wearing red but uh, has no Red Sox gear. That's okay. Uh, there's time for that. You've got to get housing in Fort Myers, Jake Reed. Housing in Fort Myers. Have you have you started that? I have a good friend. Uh, so I came up with Minnesota, and so I spent, you know, six spring trainings in, in Fort Myers. Uh, one of my good friends who's now a uh, Philadelphia Philly, Kyle Gibson, um, still has a house in, in Fort Myers. I haven't texted him yet about it because he still has an important baseball um obligations yes. going on so I, I haven't i haven't texted him about it um, but that will probably be my first text um to see if, if his house is available for rent uh if not then we'll have to we'll have to start getting to work on that for well sure. you know uh if we can help in any way uh we we have all kinds of connections for housing and of course we also do our podcasts at a, a watering hole in fort myers right in the heart of it called twin peaks um, okay. So uh, <laughs> yes, yes. So the, they're they're still talking about the Joe Kelly Rick Porcello podcast that we did in Twin Peaks. So I, I look forward to to a flurry of those in Fort Myers. All right. Anyway, you were claimed by the Red Sox, um, and you have um, you have established yourself at various major league teams. And right now, you're sitting up in near Seattle, and you're at the drive line. Um, what is it? Academy? What is what is drive like Institute? I think it's just driveline. I don't know just if there's anything else. Yeah, I think just drive. What's line. it look like? What's what's this like? Is there a big sign? Is it like a is a is a garage or what what's it what's driveline look like? Um it's kind of in like a um like warehouse type of, okay. of area. You know, so there's a bunch of buildings that kind of look alike. Um and then there's a sign outside, you know, so you know you're at driveline and then you go inside and there's mounds everywhere and it's and crazy, right? Tunnels, yeah, it's it's, it's crazy. It's kind of like back in the day, uh, I would go to this place called Athletes Performance and it, in Phoenix, and it was just like, and they have these places where it's just this place, and all of a sudden you walk in, and there's you know 50 major leaguers, college football players, and for there, it's like it must be like this science lab with pitchers. I don't know if there's any other major leaguers there now. Um, but it must be like a fascinating place, right? Yeah, it's, it's a pretty cool place. I mean, you know, you walk in and, um, you know, they have the whole, all the walls are full of, of, you know, big leaguers Jersey. And, um, it's mostly my experience so far. I've only been here for two days. Um, but there's a lot of, uh, younger kids. It looks like in here, not, not kids, but, uh, maybe high school, college, um, kind of in there getting their work in on their own. And then, um, you know, there's a huge weight room where, where guys are, are, you know, and they're doing that as well. And then I think the guys that are, um, I guess, like um, pro guys have slowly started to work their way back in there since the season's ended and stuff. But uh, the more sort of one-on-one -on -one intentional work is more scheduled. And so, um, you know, as far as going through the drills and going through the initial um, motion capture stuff, it, it's more uh, kind of one-on-one -on -one direct with, with some of the trainers there. And so the reason you're there, so you, you have one of the more unique deliveries 
um, it's not only the sidearm delivery, but sort of the action to get to that sidearm delivery, which makes the, the ball move in insane ways. And um, so in 2019, the, you, you learned that with the Twins, correct? Mm-hmm. Okay, so you learn that with the Twins. You make that adjustment with the Twins to change that dynamic. But you're up at driveline right now for the specific reason of, of even though that there, there was a reason the Red Sox claimed you because of all the things that you had done, both in terms of on the field and in terms of what they think you can do, you looked at it and you said, hey, you know what? I need to do something else. Can you explain exactly what you're doing up there? and how you've communicated that with the Red Sox. Yeah, I think ultimately the goal is, is to is to get better, you know, and to and to stick in the big leagues. You know, I don't think the Red Sox or anybody for that matter, um, you know, claimed me wanting me to, you know, replicate the same year that I had last year. You know, I, I think um, there were stretches of, of last season when I pitched well, um, you know, but I think the goal for for why I'm up here right now is, is to develop more consistency. I think mechanically something that is more repeatable, um, you know, especially like specifically with my arm and just sort of my, um, you know, the path it takes to get to release point as funky as it was and as difficult as it might be for hitters to pick up. Um, you know, it's, it's tough to repeat. It's, it's not super comfortable for me. I haven't always thrown like that, you know, so it's not like I'm, I'm leaving something that I have, you know, have been throwing like that for 15 years. You know, this is relatively new still throwing sidearm, especially with the way that my arm is moving. Um, and so the, the goal for, for being up here really is to, um, you know, is to tap back into some of that strength and velocity that I know is still in the tank and, and to just get better. You know, I think that's something that should be and I, it has been so far, um, you know, as far as my communication goes with with the Red Sox, it should be something that is is um, exciting for everybody and, and celebrated. You know, like I said, I don't think the Red Sox are are claiming me, you know, to, to just replicate last year. I, I think the Red Sox are claiming me and hoping that that I could be um you know, a, a, an asset, you know, in the bullpen in the big leagues for over, you know, an entire season and not just be a guy that's up and down. And so I think consistency is, is, um, kind of key for, for being one of those guys. So were you, were you nervous when you, so the Red Sox claim you and they, they claim you for what they saw and, and, and you have a very intentional, um, off season ahead, like what you, you know, what you want to do. But still, like, were you nervous talking to them? Some, hey guys, I just want to let you know, I'm headed up the drive line and I'm changing something I'm doing. Were you nervous at all telling them that? Or, yeah, I think a little bit. Um, but at the same time, like, I had already made that. I had already made that decision. You know, like, even while I was still with Baltimore and the off season started, you know, and I was very, I'm very confident that this this transition and the work that I'm going to be doing this off season is going to lead to me becoming a, a, a much better pitcher. And so, um, you know, there is obviously, you know, there were some nerves and fear there that, that, um, you know, because a, a new team doesn't know you as well as I know myself, you know, and what I'm capable of that, that maybe they wouldn't, um, 
you know, welcome that transition or whatever. But um, like I said, I think I'm 30 years old now. I, I've been an up and down guy for, you know, the last two years. And I, I think it's, it's, you know, time for me to kind of make a turn and transition and, and be somebody who is, is, you know, more consistent and, and hopefully a staple in a bullpen. And I'm very confident that, that moving in this direction is going to help me get there, you know? So at the end of the day, like, Obviously, you want your team's um, blessing and support, which it, it seems like so far that that's really been there. But um, I, I, I'm just at that age now and at that point in my career where um, I trust that it's going to be a, a good career move for sure. Can you describe the difference in when the Red Sox saw you at the end of, at the, end of the year compared to what we're going to see in Fort Myers? Yeah, I think the... The biggest thing as far as, a, you know, the eye test is just, you know, if you were to watch me throw against Boston last year at the end of the year, you know, my arm would kind of come out of my glove and go straight up to the sky and then kind of whip from there. And it was funky and weird. And I don't, you know, the hitters didn't like it too much, I don't think. Um, and and then sort of the transition and transition that I'm, I'm attempting to make and, and going to make will be more of a, a natural flowing um, motion out of my glove. And then, you know, I don't think the release point, you know, as far as, um, you know, I'm, I'm still going to be a low slot kind of sidearm guy, I think. Um, but as far as the way that I get there, it's going to look a little different. It's going to come out of my glove a little bit more normal. And then I think the other, the, the biggest thing and the thing that I'm in search of is I think the movement will, will be similar on, on my pitches, but I'm, the velocity is going to go up and I'm, I'm excited to, you know, to, to tap back into that and, and um, see what's left in the tank for sure. And, you, and like you said, you've only been up at driveline for a couple of days, but have you sort of, have they said, yeah, you know, if we do this, we can see this happening. Yeah. It, it's been, there've been some very, very low hanging fruits, which is good. Um, you know, as far as the testing that we've done that the, the first couple of days, they're able to, to just, look at at video and and just say man like if we can if we can get this a little bit better just this little thing you're it's not going to surprise us if we see you jump three or four miles an hour here consistently within you know two months so i think it was very encouraging you know that that my testing and sort of the motion capture stuff there was a lot of of like i said low-hanging fruit that i think is is going to be easy to um, to correct and, and kind of work through. So, yeah. You know, I think it's in baseball, we, we talked about, about the teams are, are looking at it and saying, you know, we think that this can happen. We, we, and, and the Red Sox have great examples of this. I mean, the guy, their best relief pitcher this year, Jake, with John Schreiber, yeah. you know, John Schreiber, who just made, you know, learned a new pitch, boom, took off. Yeah. That's it. I mean, and there's plenty of examples. I think more than ever in baseball with relievers, and you tell me if I'm wrong or your perception of it, of instances like what you're talking about it, of guys' careers just going, whoop, you know, yeah. after just making a little adjust. And I guess a lot of this is because of the stuff that you're talking about, driveline stuff, analytical stuff, whether it's in season, out of season, whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, you, you mentioned Schreiber. Obviously. Most of us side armor side armors kind of know and watch other side armors. Mm -hmm. So it was fun to, you know, watch him all year and then get to see it in person, obviously when we ran into, into the Red Sox later in the year. But 
I mean, for me, even in L.A. this year, I got to play um, with Evan Phillips, who was a, a waiver claim and a guy without any options left and had bounced around between a bunch of teams. And same thing with him, kind of learned a, a cutter and learned a new pitch and, um, and, and you know, quickly became one of the best relievers in all of baseball this year. And it's, it's um, just it's encouraging to see stories like that um, because it, it helps guys like me understand and, and know that it's, it's possible and that teams are also on the search for that kind of guy, mm -hmm. because I mean, let's face it, we're cheap, you know, we're making minimum right now, you know, as guys who haven't done anything yet in the big leagues and aren't, you know, at arbitration or free agency or anything like that. So, and I think player development in general and coaching has just gotten so much better in the last few years that, um, you know, a team like the Red Sox or, or LA or, um, so many other organizations have just improved so much as far as their ability to help guys really maximize their potential. And it, it's cool to see, um, you know, guys with stories like that because it gives you hope, you know, that just because, um, you know, your career has gone one way up to this point doesn't mean that you can't turn it around and, and you know, really reinvent yourself and take off in this league. It's never too late. Well, listen, if you told me that we would be doing a podcast with John Schreiber like we did on Saturday – where we had two hours of people calling in to have his closer walk-in music, um, you know, at the beginning of the year, I believe like you're crazy, but that's, that's how far he came in. By the way, mud shovel by stain. That's, that's what we landed on. I don't know. What's your, what's your, what's your walk-in? Um, so I walked out to, um, man, I've had one walkout song my whole big league career Ooh. just for whatever reason. Like a lot of times when you come into you know, situations like I was coming into, if you're not, if you're not the closer, a lot of times there's an advertisement playing or whatever, they don't have time <laughs> to play your, your music. But I was walking out to a song called Armies by uh, KB. Um, but that's, that's been my only walkout so far. It played in Baltimore. So it was, it's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. It was well, interesting and cool we, hearing that. We This is what we do, Jake. We find, if you want a new one, we basically, <laughs> we, we find it for you. And there by the go. way, speaking of... Yeah, uh, I when Felix Batista was in in um, in Boston, it was the height of the Timmy Trumpet stuff. Oh yeah, and, yeah, yeah. So I asked him through a translator. But I asked him, said, "Who has a better walk-in song?" And he said, "He did the Omar Whistling." You wow. Know, yeah, I mean that's kind of bold. I mean, guess I gotta be honest with you. Yeah. Well, it's Edwin funny because I was with uh, you know I finished twenty twenty one with the Mets and that that was his walkout song then, you know, and, and he had a good year that year, but obviously not the year, not as good of a year as he had this year. And nobody really, other than like Mets fans and, and people who would be at city field, I don't think really realized that that was his walkout song, but it was crazy to see how it blew up this year because of, you know, how well he was doing. And um, when that, when the guy, uh, when Timmy trumpets came and, and, you know, played, live or whatever we i was with la at the time sitting in the dugout i pitched the bottom of the eighth inning and they had a, a one-run lead on us so i sat right there in the top of the ninth 
and watched him play his trumpet and watch Edwin, uh, (laughs) you know, come out. Yeah. And it was one of those things too, where it was like, we had gotten to New York, um, and we had obviously heard through social media and everything that, that Timmy trumpets was going to be there. And it was one of those things where it was like, all right, we obviously want to beat the Mets. Uh, we want to win, but it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world if we got to if we got to see Timmy Trumpets come out and play. And, and it was cool. It was a pretty pretty um, electric atmosphere. For I sure. mean, cool. we had we had Papelbon on, and Papelbon in these parts, you know, that's the standard bearer, right? That's the yeah. it was shipping up to Boston, and 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 you know, before that, obviously Mariano and Trevor Hoffman for Papelbon like makes a case for at least top three. And he said, like, he wouldn't say his was number two, but he said that Timmy Trumpets was number two of all, all the ones. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, that's a pretty good one. That's, and, yeah. and, I, and I, I, I'll tell you what, the, the Omar Whistling one isn't bad, and I would, I would stay clean. It's not – but you kind of have to be from – you have to kind of know what's going on for that, right? Yeah, yeah. A little bit. Well, and, and with, like, Batista, I think part of what made his so cool is he's just a monster of a human being, you know, and so they <laughs> – they turn the lights off and they're flashing him as he's running in and it's just giant person running in from the bullpen. And I think that added a lot to it. You know, like if some skinny white guy like me is running out to the song with the lights flashing, it's probably, you know, not as, as intimidating, but with him, I mean, he's a monster. I said this, I said that I think he's the biggest baseball player I've ever seen. Like in terms of maybe he's not the tallest, but the the whole thing, you know, the, but, super wide shoulders right like, it's crazy so yeah, i gave yeah. him we have i was telling you we we have these baseballs and boring t-shirts i'm like oh you know like you deserve one so i gave one to him i'm like yeah and that's this isn't ha- the translator is wearing a baseball isn't boring t-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. i need like three of them sewed yeah. together um <laughs> but you speaking of baseballs and boring i was telling you like the ambassador is ex-teammate of yours joe kelly Mm-hmm. Which like you're you're representing Joe Kelly right now, correct? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Joe is uh, Joe's with me everywhere I go now. Uh, I told you the story when we were off air, but I'll tell the fans or whatever. Yeah. Um, so I got called up um, in 2021 by the Dodgers. We were in Miami at the time, and I was sitting at my locker, uh, just listening to some music before the game or something. I had an old pair of headphones that plugged into the, into the bottom of the phone that had the long cord or whatever. And, and Joe came up to me and, um, you know, started just kind of joking around and making fun of me a little bit for having, you know, old headphones or whatever. Um, and then he walks away and a few minutes later comes over with a pair of these, these beats. And, uh, he says, Hey, don't let me see those headphones again. And, And so, um, he, he handed these to me and I've been, using them ever since uh, and they're they're awesome headphones i've never had a you know a better pair so um, that was a cool you know kind of introduction and a, and a cool way of him you know obviously picking at me a little bit in the beginning but then um just being a you know the, the veteran um you know guy that he is and great teammate you know taking care of a, a young guy um was pretty cool but he was man awesome teammate and, and to be honest with like all of the superstars in in LA, um, you know, Joe may have been the biggest that season, and um, you know, I, I think the the mariachi jacket had a lot to do with it. Possibly wearing that at the White House, you know, and, and did you go? This, did you, were you there? Did you go to the White House? Were you? On the no, I, I wasn't. I wasn't okay. there. All right. Um, okay. You All know, right. but but obviously saw you know pictures and stuff. But 
just beloved, you know, and in, in, in LA, obviously a very, um, you know, a lot of Hispanic culture there in, in Los Angeles. And I think he's half Mexican and, mm. and man, it just like, they love Joe Kelly. People would come and, and, um, you know, the bullpen, there's, there's some pretty easy access for, for fans, you know, and people would come and drop gifts down into the bullpen for him and things they painted or gifts that they made for him, bobbleheads and jackets. Like it was, he was a superstar there, man. Well, and that's why you can buy the, or you don't have to buy it. We are shipping you multiple copies of a damn near perfect game coming out in March. Joe Kelly's book. Um, yeah. Because you just said nice things about him. So. Well, I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> and t-shirts. Um, yeah. well, I don't want to, I really appreciate it all the time. I do have a couple of last questions. Um, somebody asked me, did you ever get fan mail from the wide receiver? Jake? No, I've never gotten fan mail from the. It, okay. It's interesting that we both played in Minnesota, you know. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I never, I never. Right. Got I didn't Jake think you mail. would. I didn't think you would. I, I don't know, you know, I don't know what your four four forty time is. You look like you're <laughs> in shape. But you were yeah. a good quarterback. You were a legit quarterback, though, right? I was okay. I was a. I was oh come a, on! I was a good high school quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. What? Well, but still, I mean, that was good competition. You ever, did you get recruited to play quarterback anywhere? Uh, a little bit, um, but I didn't really play long enough. I didn't. I didn't really. Um, I, by my junior year, I was kind of kind of figured baseball was going to be the ticket out, and and put most of my focus and energy into that. I was just kind of a good athlete, you know, kind of the baseball player quarterback who they threw at that position when, when I was a kid, just cause I had a good arm, you know? All right. Well, yeah, I, I heard that you were the, uh, you were a modern day Bailey Zappi, which is, uh, yeah, well, sure. Yes. Yeah, so, cause we can't go two seconds around here without mentioning Bailey Zappi now. Um, uh, in, in, so this is the big question, which is more difficult to hit a softball or a baseball to hit a, like, let's just say hypothetically, if someone was in the Olympics, you know, which is more difficult for an Olympic baseball player to hit a pitch or an Olympic softball player to hit a pitch. Oof. There was only someone to turn to, to. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if I asked that one person that you're talking to, I'm sure she, or talking about, I'm sure she would say, um, softball and, and, you know, obviously getting my, my wife played softball, uh, in the Olympics, in, in the, the Olympics. Olympics. Yeah. Silver medal. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it, it, it was really neat getting to kind of just be on that journey with her, you know, her whole career um, while mine was going on too. And, and I got to watch, you know, a lot of softball and they're just as much as we want to compare them, they're just two completely different games, you know, and, and um, you know, the, the, the distance from home plate, the mound's obviously a lot closer in softball and the ball's doing something that, that it's just impossible to do in baseball and softball, the ball's going up. Um, and so to me, it almost makes it a little more difficult because um, for softball, because they kind of have to worry about both, you know, they have to worry about um, the ball going up with the rise ball. And then girls can also, women can also make the ball go down. So it almost makes it seem like it's, it's, you know, you're having to cover two different things or oh, whatever. It's crazy. But yeah. I mean, and I don't, it, there's it, some of these, you know, her teammates and people that she's played against, are pretty tall you know i think a couple of her pitches were you know pushing six feet so 
it had to seem like they were standing right on top of you, um, you know, delivering the pitch or whatever. So, uh, but yeah, pretty, pretty cool to get to. Yeah. What was the coolest, connection. what was the coolest thing about, you know, that whole, it's just seeing a silver medal. I mean, that seems like it would be a cool thing, you know? I mean, it's like, what was the coolest thing about going through that with your wife, with the, the whole Olympic experience? Um, it was tough. There were a lot of things, you know, at the, the 2020 Olympics that were very kind of unconventional, you know, there were no fans there. Uh, my wife's, my wife's half Japanese. And so her dad is, is Japanese and they were planning on going to the Olympics and saved up a lot of money over a few years to, to be able to do that. And then, you know, weren't able to go. So that was unfortunate. Um, and then, you know, they went there to win and they were there expecting to win and they got a silver medal. So like, not taking away how incredible of an accomplishment that was, I think in a way for them, it was, you know, a little bit of a disappointment. They went there to, to win the gold, um, you know, but I think when you, now that we're kind of removed and everything, um, you know, when you're able to look back and, and, you know, just think about just that accomplishment alone, being an Olympian and getting oh, to the, really the, yeah, just the pinnacle of, of your sport. Um, you know, I think we're able to kind of, look at it from that standpoint too and and honestly the coolest thing i think so she left for japan a couple weeks before their first game or whatever i had gotten called up and debuted with the dodgers um a couple days before her first game in japan and so you know here she is at the top of her sport in japan you know about to live out her dream and and you know i got called up by the dodgers making my debut right around the same time and a lot of these women that, you know, her teammates that she, she'd been playing with for, you know, eight to 10 years. Um, it was really cool to see how they were, you know, they had their own thing to be focused on and, and worried about the Olympics and getting ready for that. It was really cool to see how well her teammates kind of celebrated me back home, making my debut. And, and um, you know, there were a bunch of videos that anytime I would come into pitch, they would all stop what they were doing and huddle <laughs> around cool. the phone. Yeah. And, um, and then there's a really cool picture too of like the the um, the night I made my debut. Janie was um, that's my wife was practicing and and she kind of had an agreement with all the coaches that if if I came into the game they would pull her aside and let her watch. And so there's a cool picture of her sitting in the in the bleachers at one of the practice fields in Japan with with the phone and a couple coaches behind her watching my debut. So it was cool, man. Like we had both you know, worked really hard our, our whole lives to, to get to this point. And so to, to get to experience that together right around the same time, it was, it was perfect. It was really cool. That's awesome. Well, good times ahead. Good times ahead, Jake. It's, I'm yeah. really looking forward to it. I appreciate you taking the time. And, and, uh, and again, it's, um, if you need, uh, if you, you don't need any directions in Fort Myers, you've already been there. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, it's really, I mean, really, like, I don't know about you when you're in Fort Myers to me, it's like, you have like your three spots, right? Mm -hmm. Like if I really want to pay money for dinner, I go to blue point. If I want to do a podcast, I go to twin peaks. Um, and then maybe I, if I want sushi, I go to, um, blue suit. No, what's it called? Blue sushi. I don't know. You know, the yeah. spots. So yeah. Anyway, yeah, for sure. Ready to yeah, go. I'm excited. Yeah, yeah. Here I'm we go. Excited. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited to be, um, you know, hopefully be in, in spring with, with the Red Sox and, and I couldn't be happier to, to get an opportunity to, to wear this uniform, man. It's been, like I said, I, I've never had such a, a warm welcome and reception to an organization. I've been all over the place, um, 
and and just you know the amount of phone calls that i've gotten um you know over the last week and a half since i've been claimed from literally everybody in in the organization coaching wise has been really cool um and and i think it's ac's birthday today it is uh, you want to wish him yeah, happy birthday yeah. happy birthday ac i hope you have a great day um you know but but even him you know he didn't have to call me you know a couple of days ago and and he did you know and just wanted to check in and welcome me and so that's been really cool, man. I've, I've appreciated that a lot. And, you know, um, I'm super excited to, to hopefully have the opportunity to, to, you know, pitch in a Boston Red Sox uniform. Well, we if we do nothing else, we will pass on the birthday video to him. Yeah. Uh, so there you go. Jay, thanks so much for joining. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story. And one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team.